so I reiterate here, the bill is dead. The story of this great city is about the years before this night. We are free! Hey everybody, it's Hoho Hong Kong. I'm your host, Mohamed Magdi. I'm very excited and uh, sound uh, alone if you're waiting for the other guy to interrupt me as usual. He is not here today. I give him a break. I fired him from this very unpaid job. Um... Um, first of all, before we bring in the guest, uh, who you probably know now by looking at the at the title of the episode, uh, we're very excited uh, by and kind of overwhelmed, to be honest, by the response that we had to the first episode that we released after the break from last year. Um, it's very cool. You guys have been messaging for months. When is the when is it coming back? When is it coming back? We decided 2023. Hey, hashtag YOLO, we're doing it. Uh, let's see how long it will take, <laughs> but we're we're here. We're very excited. I am uh, Mohammed Magdi. I'm at the other Mohammed on Instagram. Vivek has some shows coming up. You should follow him at Funny Vivek. Uh, things in Hong Kong are completely normal, uh, which feels almost weird. It, it feels like it's not normal being this normal. Like I had a few friends come through over the last couple of weeks, and they just blitzed through the airport, and they go. My, my friend the other day came from the plane. From the door of the plane to the airport express in exactly 23 minutes. And someone else, who has been a guest on the podcast many times, had uh, did a quote-unquote experiment when she put her mask down from the door of the plane. I'm looking at you, Cassie. Yes, I'm going to name you on record. Uh, put her mask down um, just to see when the first time someone will call her out. The first person who called her out uh, to put the mask on were, was her taxi driver outside of the airport. Uh, so that's pretty cool, and you you guys know I am a huge anti-masker, so I'm all for that. All right, so uh, the reason I'm actually by myself this time as a host is because uh, we have a very special guest, as you can tell from the title, John Bachman is back on the podcast. It's the third time on the podcast. Hey, hey. Hey, John, thank you so much for joining us, and I'm by myself because this is our workplace. John is my boss, but also I'm very happy to call him my friend. And uh, he is about to leave Hong Kong again because he's a very busy man and he has a bunch of stuff going on. Um, So I wanted to catch him before he leaves and we couldn't get him in the studio. He is literally flying tonight, the day we record. You guys are listening to this about two weeks later. So, John, um, very happy to have you again. Uh, Almost So we had you the first time. We kind of did a classic episode of like what Decent Espresso is about. It was Andy Curtin and myself. Second time you guys came on was you and Bugs, your partner, and you talked about your love for Hong Kong. This time we're going a completely different route. So a little bit of my background is that I studied accounting. I went to business school, right? And I'm supposed to be working in a bank. I do not like banks. I I am someone who is able to put himself mentally in places and decide it's not for him. And I just don't even try. And everything about the banking, everything about the banks that I studied turned me off. And my mother is actually an accountant. And we have had a lot of arguments about it when I'm like, this is the most boring job in the world. I would rather work something, you know, carrying bricks or whatever. At least I'm building myself like physically. This is just like death in a job. And she was like, you don't understand how intriguing and how satisfying when you get the balance sheet. I'm like, I don't know, just no. And I always struggled with that. I never worked in a bank. And as you probably know from my 
resume, I've had some very shady jobs as when I was young. And as you told me, like the fact that I'm able to to do these jobs without having any moral, like strong, ob- yeah, you know, what's the word? Um, objection. Objection about it. But yet the banks seem to be a problem for me. It's really telling something coming from someone who's not worked at a bank ever. You, on the other hand, have started and sold a few companies. And in our chats, we have known each other for now two years. And our chats always come up how strongly you feel, you feel against banks. And this is what I wanted this episode to do kind of lean on a bit. Why do you hate banks? Uh, a very simple question first. I, I, the main problem with banks is they do a really bad job of delivering what they're supposed to deliver, which mm. is helping you save your money and spend it wisely and grow it. But I also think that the vast majority of people I've encountered in the banking sector are, uh, let's just say, ethically challenged. And mm. they're, they're not... in the normal competitive environment with other businesses trying to do what's best for you. Um, So I I learned about this because I came into some money when I sold a company and I I took that money and I went to a couple of different banks. What was the first company? uh, A company called Lyris. It was those email newsletters and discussions. Okay. And uh, so I take that money and I I go to a couple different banks in London and I say, give me a proposal. And what I'd like is whatever your proposal is, Imagine that we met 10 years ago mm. and show me what would happen if that proposal had been executed for 10 years. Right. Now, I know the numbers are there. I know they can totally do that. Mm. And not a single bank would do that. And you're talking about the big banks, Barclays, uh, HSBC. Yeah, and we're talking like, about tens of millions of dollars here. Right. So it's, it should be worth their while. Now, yeah. of course, they, then they don't want to. And the reason they don't want to is they don't want transparency. Just very, very clearly. Because so you are someone who is clearly a multimillionaire. You're walking into the bank. Everyone is standing up, to giving you the greeting, the coffees and whatnot. Yeah, just the expensive like, car. Yeah, expensive cookies and all that. Exactly. Stuff. Yeah. So walk a layman like me into the, the, like through this. The, so like, okay, Mr. Bachman, please give us your money. Right. It's basically. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, it's as I walk into a bank, uh, for example, big huge lobby in London, and they got me waiting by the sofa, and I kind of I see some books in the distance, and I. I, I go over there and I look at it and I'm like, holy shit, that's, that's first edition Adam Smith right there. <laughs> yeah. I, I pull it down. I'm like, I, do you guys know you have Wealth of Nations just sitting here, first edition? <laughs> this yeah. thing is worth, oh, like, oh, do we? Oh, whatever. Yeah. Of course, yeah. it's, it's there to impress the rubes like me. That's sure. why it's there. Yeah. Um, but uh, so I just asked that question and I said, okay, uh, you know, in the last 10 years, <clears throat> the stock market's fluctuated by whatever. I name some a number. Mm. Can you guys come up with something that halves that fluctuation for mm. me? And just yeah. show me, and, and I'll give you my money. If you can just have the fluctuation. Mm. and uh, Or if you're going to give me a so-called balanced portfolio, tell me how it's balanced. Show me how it's balanced. Like okay. if it's balanced, it, it should fluctuate less. Just some really, really basic questions. And were they freaked out by these questions? They just totally ignored me. Right. They, they just they just gave me their you know standard standard like, thing, script, an yeah. inch of paperwork, blah blah blah. So, mm. and I started thinking about the kind of questions I would have, mm. like, okay, I want to remodel my kitchen. I've got some stocks. What stocks should I sell to make some money mm. to remodel my kitchen? Right. Right. Or how do I even build a balanced portfolio? Like, mm. how do you how do you do that? Um, and and so I decided to create a website called StockMarketHacks.com. And okay, slow down. So yeah, this yeah. is right after you walk out of the meetings yeah, with, yeah. The, the, with the banks. You're like, fuck it. I'm fuck just, it. yeah. Okay. This is not hard. Right. I, I'm going to sort this out. Like, I just had an idea. I, I could solve some of these questions. And your background, you're a coder. 
Like, I'm just, you I'm, know how to build websites. I'm just a coder. Yeah. And, and you know, the background was I'd, I'd read, um, it was the Consumer Reports Guide to Money, right? So that's right. super highbrow, right? Yeah. Not at all. Yeah. And I had some questions like, okay, if I want to buy some stock, should I buy it all at once or should I buy it over several days? Right. Or can you give me an answer? Like even a hunch, doesn't have to be right. Just mm -hmm. like something, advise me for your 1% fee on my money every year mm. or 2% actually when they add fees. Mm. So... Um, I started making a list of all these How questions. How old were you? Sorry. I was, uh, I don't know, 28, something like that. Okay. Um, 28, I think is right, about right. And um, and I decided to make this website. And I didn't even know if it'd be anonymous. I wanted to make it free because I already made my money. Yeah. So I'm like, I need this. Why don't I make it free? And, and you, the thought of making it anonymous is obviously for fear of like, either legal or something even well, worse. Initially, I wasn't going to make it anonymous, um, but then I, I started showing it to people and I'll tell you where this goes. Mm. So I come up with some stuff like, okay, let's make a balanced proposal. So give me one stock and I'll, get, and I'll give you uh, a list of the stocks that are least correlated to that, mm. okay? And then you pick two stocks and I'll give you a third. And then you can just, this is like math. Yeah. It's, it's really, really straightforward, yet it's totally not available. Mm. Um, and... Um, other things, like I found uh, at the time I was, um, uh, I still am actually an American taxpayer, mm. um, and um, I found some basic things you could do to greatly reduce your taxes mm. if you just had the computer help you. And all these banks, they would use this expression. And we're not talking like the, the, the Trump way of like, no. if you're smart, you're going to, you know. No, so fuck it, around if, the books or whatever. No, if you have some Google stock that went up and you sell it, you owe some tax. But right. let's say you have some Microsoft stock that went down. If you sell it the same year, you mm. get to deduct the loss from the gain. Right. Like super, super simple. So you're not quote unquote gaming the system. You're you not just need simple. to understand the rules. Yeah, it's called, what it is. It's called loss harvesting and, and it's in the Consumer Reports Guide to Money. It's right. not <laughs> rocket science. Yeah, it's not yeah. illegal at yeah. all. Um, but I just, need you to, I just need some software to help me and, and no bank would actually do that. So, and um, the reason they don't want to do that is because they want you. They want to churn you. Yeah, they yeah. want to churn the hell out of you. And mm. the, and what they don't want to tell you is that, uh, especially as an American, you pay short-term or long-term cap gains depending on how long you held the stock. Mm. And if you didn't hold it very long, you pay a lot more taxes. Mm. But they want to churn it constantly because every time they churn, they get two pieces of commission. One, the visible commission on 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 how much they charge you, and then the other one, which is the invisible one, which is how much they actually paid for the stock versus how much you paid. And there's a spread there and you'll never know what that was. Right. Okay. So yeah, they're constantly selling, buying, buying, selling because that's how they make their money. And they come up with an excuse for that. When now everyone knows it's much better just to hold. Now, a lot of people know this. Do you think the secret. people like learned the, the HODL thing from just the crypto boom? No, I think so. I mean, uh, now for about 20 years, people have known that owning stocks and trying to <clears throat> trade them is a fool's game, which is why so much money is now in what's called index funds. Mm. And you just buy it, you hold it, and the fees are low. Yeah. But that's actually not great. If you invest in an index fund and you need some money, when you have to sell parts of the whole fund. You can't sell just the stuff that went up. That's actually, yeah, that's what my buddy told me as well, who is like pretty high up in, in mm -hmm. one of the financial advisories. He's like, it's good because I was asking him at some point, uh, what to do is like you can put it there, but just you can't t take money out. Really. Yeah, you're just going to pay high taxes on it. Yeah, um, because you can't sell just the stuff that went up because you know you, you sell high, buy low, mm. and, and but if you put it all in the same pot, it's all mixed up. Right. So um, so I had another thing I wanted to do, like this thing called the S and P five hundred, mm. the, the five hundred <clears throat> biggest companies in the U S. Right. Like, could you could the computer just tell me? 
pick 10 stocks randomly, how closely is it following the S&P? Right. Or is it 20 or 30 stocks? Can I just mimic it? This is a really, really basic thing. And none of these resources are available This online. is not on the internet. None of this stuff is on the internet. So and I, even I wrote it all. And even for someone who has this much money, if you go to the bank and be like, hey, I have this much money, no. can you help me with this? Or can you do this for me for your commission? The answer is no. Yeah, they're, they're actually, they won't even engage in that conversation. Right. Um, and as okay, far as I so can tell, this stuff's not even available. Do you think anybody. they know how to do that and they just do not want to like... I don't think it makes them money. So no, they right. don't want to even do it. Right, right. Okay. Makes sense. I, I, I just don't think so. Like if, if, if you go to the bank and you say, I want you to buy uh, 20 shares and then hold them for 10 years. Right. They're like, go away. Right, right. Uh, or they'll just charge you 2% just to hold it which doesn't, doesn't make any sense. Yeah, and obviously for someone, I'm also try, trying to imagine you in your life at this point when you have sold, a, 28 years old, sold a company, made million, hundreds, uh, like tens of, uh, millions tens of, of dollars. Tens of millions yeah, of dollars. Yeah. Tens of millions of dollars. But also my, what I'm saying is that you don't have the pressure to just find another job or whatever. You're like- I'm never working again. Yeah, exactly. I'm never working again, so fuck these people. Mm -hmm. All right, so, okay. Walk me through what you did next. So um, I was like, okay, I'm gonna make a website. Mm. Um, that basically answers, I think of all the questions I want the banking world to answer. Yeah. And I'm gonna make a page for it and I'm gonna figure out how to come up with an answer. Right. And uh, not just that, what's gonna, what will happen is it'll give you an Excel spreadsheet that you can then hand over to your <laughs> finance person and confirm what I'm saying. Right. So like if I say, here, you should sell these stocks to finance your, your kitchen remodel, mm. here's why. And here's the spreadsheet. So it's like totally transparent why the advice is there and it's free. I know this sounds like an FBI investigation, but did you have any accomplices? Did you, did you have anyone helping you? Yeah, so what? No, I, I didn't. I, I spent two years on this. Um, By yourself? Yeah. Because like this, this, <laughs> this, should, this should happen. Like this is, this is cool and I don't need to two make years. money. I know. Yeah, exactly. You don't need to make money. But also like what was your day? Like I know you can be a bit of an introvert just knowing you a little bit, <laughs> but what was your day like working on this for two years? Um, well, I was also meeting a lot of people because I was in, in London, a lot mm. of finance there. And um, I hired this artist to do these, um, like Scrooge McDuck, you know, like the yeah, 1920s Scrooge McDuck, Donald yeah. Duck. So I made all these cartoons, or yeah. he drew them, yeah. of these various ideas. So the whole site's <laughs> in black and white. It's got this kind of retro 1920s look to it. Right. Um, and tax receipts and, you know, it, it's, it's, it's cute. Mm. Um, so I do it and I start showing it to people and yeah. I get sort of... Two, I got a couple different reactions. Uh, one is no one's going to believe this is real because mm. you're not making money and everyone thinks that bankers are crooks. And since you don't appear to be a crook, you can't possibly be for real. Right. <laughs> and say, yeah. okay. You have no motive, basically. Right. So the people who do know me, they just go, they're going to get, they're going to kill you. Yeah. You're going to, you're going to die. This is like the, this is like when Skype came out and got rid of all the long distance revenue for South American countries. Right. Contracts yeah. were taken out on the Skype people. Right. Because it was so much money was being lost mm. that, that was that was taken so that was another thing that was said was just so you're showing it to people before going public yeah I, I hadn't launched it yet I'm like what yeah. do you think you know is this real and um and the people who said they're gonna kill you those are people you trust their opinion they're not like being high like hyperbolic I, they might be hyperbolic okay they but, might be but they're saying you're gonna you're gonna really mess with billions of dollars of commissions if you launch this thing because okay because people are gonna say my banker is, is crap. Why am I using them? I'm just going to use the stock market hacks thing. It's mm. transparent. It's free. It's so much better. Um, and if I had a business model, it would be like, I would put a non-commercial use license on it. Mm. So it's like, anyone can use this, but only to ranch your own money. 
If you're right. managing someone else's money, you don't have the right to use this site. You have to pay me. Right. That would yeah. be like my business model, yeah. which isn't a very good business model because everyone can no, cheat. No, because of course, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you have all the available, everything available for free, you're just leaning on people's yeah. morality. Pay me because you should. <laughs> exactly. You trustworthy banker, you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so uh, what happened is I'm, I'm doing this thing and essentially I'm like, oh, should I launch this? <clears throat> and the, the feedback I got was, um, Absolutely you, need, not. <laughs> you should do this as a bank. Like you should launch a new bank. Right. I go, oh, okay. Well, so I looked into it and it turns out the getting the regulatory approval to make a new bank is a long, 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 long time. But you can, it turns out, pick up, buy a failed bank that's oh, now nice. dead. Yeah. And all you need is $100 million. Okay. Right? And I'm like, okay, well, this is a big idea. I, I, I probably can raise $100 million. Yeah. So I, I make some calls, and I start meeting people who could fund this. And boy, were there a lot of people. So to be very clear, the name of this bank mm. was First Transparent Bank. <laughs> So wait, that was that was not the failed bank. That was no, the, uh, that was, was my your name, name of yeah, course. Yeah, yeah, it was FirstTransparentBank.com. Okay. Uh, and you yeah. know, funnily enough, that domain was available. Isn't that interesting? <laughs> yeah, I know. Shocking. <laughs> no one had claimed First Transparent Bank. I wonder if you, you struggled to get DecentEspresso.com as well. No, was no, no. Actually, the word the word decent, anything, decent donuts, decent coffee, yeah. decent knitting, everything. No one's decent out there. Yeah, yeah. I, I was joking. Like I'm like I'm sure if you if someone came up tried to come up with decent espresso eight years ago of course it would be available yeah well I was called shit sandwich espresso <laughs> okay so you had so what happened with raising the money okay so what happens yeah. is I, I I meet I start meeting people and I right. um, someone said oh, this guy represents a lot of money and he was I, I meet him in a cafe in, in Berkeley California and it turns out he's a close intimate friend of Dick Cheney Amazing, yeah. So right. he does have a lot of money. He has a lot of money. Yeah. And, and he starts showing me and telling me about just how much evil he's involved in. Oh, like, in like braggy way. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah like yeah. this was a $4 billion arms contract I was involved in. Here right. I am, you know, here I am getting, <laughs> doing, doing coke lines with George Bush. No, he didn't right. do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, if they're going to get you some, for something, John, it's not going to be this line. So don't worry about it. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I just wanted to get away from this person. He was just, it was dark. So you knew you, would, you can get the money. The money was really easy. It's mm. just that the people, I, what I thought was I thought I could go find people who were in the banking sector and then who had left it because they had ethical qualms mm. and that they would like nothing more than to punk the banking industry. Yeah, but because, what did you think a guy like this, why would he help you? Uh, I, <laughs> he would help me just because it's big money. Because essentially, first transparent bank would just destroy the entire banking sector. Right. Right. Okay. Because the idea of being transparent about why we're investing your money, in what way, how our decisions came and giving you the information so you can both replicate it, do it yourself, um, go somewhere else, prove mm. that it's right. That's yeah. so antithetical to how the banking sector works. Right. Um, it's, uh, the banking sector is all about secret fees yeah. and secret knowledge. And we have the smartest people on the planet who and we're, <laughs> we're not going to explain to you anything And what, what year was that? Um, this is like 2004. Okay, so that's also before the 2008 crash. Because mm. I would imagine that if the same thing is happening around the crash time or why it's crashing, that could have actually completely taken off. Yeah, I, I, 
it, it's it's interesting that. But you could also be looked at as one of the reasons it crashed, <laughs> right? I don't know. It depends who you're. Uh, I don't know. I, yeah. Let's not go into the reasons why it crashed. But yeah. All I'd say is that just offering this information mm. made me a kind of financial advisor. Of course. And so it turned out I'd need to get a certain certificate to do mm. that. And then, you know, that costs a little bit of money, but that's fine. I've got my money. I, but, I could but go do can't that. Can't you be like a, a guy on Reddit, like right now? You don't need like a freaking certificate anymore to give financial advice. There are like all like Reddit, subreddit stuff for. Yeah, I mean, that's all pretty much illegal. Um, Is all, it? Yeah, I mean, they're they're pretty much altering or trying to affect stock prices, probably to make some money on the backside. But sure. that that's just how the internet works. Yeah. Um, you know, having a website where you tell people here is a here's here's what's wrong with your stock portfolio and how to change it. Mm. That's just very clearly stock advisor. Okay. And you need a licensing of some sort for that. Yeah, and Depends people expect on me to have some, you know, make some money off of it. Otherwise, mm. why the heck am I doing it? And uh, the whole idea that I already made my money, I don't need more money, yeah. I just want to punk the banking sector. Mm. Um, I don't think people thought that was credible. Right. So you met the Dick Cheney guy. You're like, absolutely not. I want to get away from this guy. So what happens next? Um, oh, God. I met someone else in the Seattle area, and he had all this Republican money. And what they were doing is they, they have the law there had just been changed so that you could sell marijuana through dispensaries, mm. but only at select real estate locations. Okay. And what these people were doing was buying every single real estate location that was being uh, made legal mm. and then not doing anything with it. Oh wow! So it was just like an anti-marijuana thing. It was but it, but no, they yeah. weren't. They want. They actually. They didn't give a damn about marijuana. Yeah. It was all about basically getting a total monopoly on mm -hmm. every place you could sell marijuana. Oh, but I thought they, they're doing that and not running. They were the sitting thing. on it for yeah. the time being. Oh, I see, I in see. order to make basically, it's just like diamonds. Sure. They would make a, a, a supply uh, constraint. Yeah. So that the price would go up. Okay. Um, unfortunately. <laughs> So well, when you say certain real estate, so something like a real estate that is not next to a school or whatever. Exactly. Like that. Certain see. spots. Sure. And what was funny with these people, they just didn't, they didn't care about marijuana either way. Right. They just saw this as a real estate play. Okay. Um, and what was interesting is the guy who was organizing this all, he was making money purely 10% of the funds raised. So he didn't actually even want to <laughs> see this. Right. All it was is like, I have this stupid idea. I'm going to convince people I'm going to invest in this idea. People are going to give me... 100 million, 200, 500 million dollars, I get 10% of it, and then I walk away, and I don't care if this crashes and burns, which right. it did, because what happened is the government- Eventually legalized it everywhere. Well, they noticed that there weren't enough places selling it, so yeah. they just made more and more places legal. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that was the same thing with the first guy, too, the, the Dick Cheney friend. Um, all the money, again, it's 10%. It's, mm. They get 10% fee on the money raised. So they're looking for people like me who have a compelling idea, mm. and then they take that idea, they pitch it to their rich friends who then give me the money and they take their 10% and they walk away. Mm. And they don't care if I succeed or not. They just want to make their 10%. Mm. And by the way, that's how venture capitalists work too. Right. They get their fee up front from the fund itself, which right. is why they just want to invest the money so they get their fee off that. Mm. Uh, none of that is great for the people putting no, money clearly. in. clearly. Okay, so did you did you end up raising the money? What happens after? Yeah, so people told me this is a multi-billion-dollar idea. Mm. This is this is so huge, and what I was looking at was I already have enough money. Mm. Why do I want to do this for the next decade? This mm. doesn't sound like a fun way to to spend my time, right? Especially since I'm gonna be hated. Yeah, and and I already had created two companies that had made me hated. 
Right. So, um, so with Magnatune, I had done this Creative Commons music thing, and uh, the record labels wanted me dead. Right. So that's another thing because you mentioned a couple of times like that the music industry can be quite cutthroat. Yeah. And you mentioned like a, a specific meeting with someone who had a gun under in a drawer. Yeah, so I was buddies with the the, the person who was running Napster at, at the time. Mm. And Napster was the big peer-to-peer piracy network. Uh, right. And it was venture capital funded <clears throat> and it was surviving. Um, that guy actually got me into USA Today. I got a full-page story as the future. <laughs> Am I the future destroyer of iTunes? Nice. And turns out I wasn't. <laughs> um, but he tells me the story of having met... Hey, uh, speaking of, yeah. follow us on iTunes. This, I mean, Apple Podcasts, I think they called it now. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Help the behemoth. Um, and um, <clears throat> so he told me the story of meeting this major label executive and this is the voice he used right uh, i've got this cd here i want you to promote it on napster um that, that that's not how it works people just download what they want you listen to me <laughs> i have a gun in my drawer you understand me i tell you you're gonna promote this cd i got a gun in my drawer are we understanding each other yes sir we are understanding each other the also, it was just like Italian mafia bosses. Yeah. Amazing. <laughs> so back to First Transparent Bank. Yes. How, how did that end? Uh, that basically ended with me looking at, okay, this could make a lot of money, but I only have so many decades left on the planet. I got enough money already. I, I still have the website all done. It's just under a password. I'm like, should I open it up? Should I not? Yeah, so let's. I know we can go into four more stories, but I want to stay on this because I want to kind of try to understand how you think of. The, so you're sitting on something so valuable, and it can very easy, not even for money, raising money or making you rich. It's just like you can, if you want to be like fuck the banks, you can release it tomorrow. Yeah, I, I, have you ever followed the story of WikiLeaks? Do I, do I want to be that guy? I mean, okay, but you can. we can not release this podcast and you can do it anonymously. <laughs> they will find me. How? When there's that much money being lost? I'm not talking about like, you know, encryption and using VPN. I'm serious. Like, just, just follow this, follow hey, this if, thought if for a second. Can, if you can't sell, if, the, if people can't sell cocaine online and not get raided by the government... How am I going to avoid the banking sector? Because it's a it's a click uh, it's a, you don't have anything. What tracks it back to you, except for the people you talk to back in the day? Um, forensics. I mean, talk to Snowden. They would figure out. I would have to do all the same stuff that a dark web website would have to do in right. order to be hidden. They would very quickly figure out who I am. And I mean, initially, what would happen? Because it's happened with Magnitude. I had the major labels didn't want me to exist. And right. what they did is they would talk to the collecting societies in random countries, right. like Spain. And then Spain would say, hey, Magnitude in America, you're illegal. We're going to sue you. Mm. I'm like, what? Yeah, yeah. I and, don't know you. And, yeah. then, and then, like, actually, I've been fighting Russian courts for a long time. Like, Russia? Okay. Mm. Yeah. Um, until recently. Mm. Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Uh, so they, they find somebody somewhere to harass you. And that's what would happen is if I set this website up, it's available to the whole planet. I'm sure what I'm doing is completely illegal penalty of death somewhere on the planet. Mm. And then they would go after me. And right. uh, by the way, under U.S. law, not only do you have to comply with all U.S. laws, but you're mm. not allowed to violate any other law of any other country either. 
Right. And you're still, so that means you are also prosecuted back in the US for violating, let's say, Hong Kong law or yep. whatever law. Yep. Right. So you now have both. Yeah. And I'm not even making money. So now I get to defend myself in court mm. from, from this stuff. And so that's why the, the way to do this was to actually hire ex-bankers who would like to basically have fun. I mean, if I could have found the the, same, the equivalent of the Napster people, mm. but in banking, yeah. like people who were like, yeah, let's screw the banks. Those, right. the, those people, they're But scoundrels. you can't find whistleblowers, right? Like what I found is everyone in the banking sector who had any knowledge, their souls were already crushed to the right. point where someone who has an ethical backbone, mm. I would still refer to them as a jellyfish. Yeah. As, as yeah. <laughs> by, by normal standards. They just had enough that they just said, you know, I didn't have a problem stealing from normal people, but when they stole the, the grandma who had cancer, then I had too much. Right. And it's essentially, oh, okay, but you're okay with stealing from everybody else. Yeah. So Stealing from everyone's pensions or whatever it is. Yeah. And anyone who goes into banking who has a, a spine, they're gone really quickly. They, mm. they, 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 they don't last a year. Um, that, uh, sorry, bankers who are listening to this, but um, you get paid well to do what you do. Right, but also if I'm someone who's listening to this or is like, all right, well, what the fuck did you do? You're sitting with something that could fix this yeah. and you're afraid. I'm totally afraid, yeah. Well, that's, that's because just like, say, go back to the major labels, you know, the president of France mm. was the ex-CEO of a major label and mm. he made sure as soon as he got into power to mm. crush music piracy. He right. didn't succeed. Yeah. But that's, we know that the bankers in America are totally in bed with whoever is currently president. Of course. And it doesn't matter at the end of the day what their political leanings are. Yeah. So I, I don't want to destroy my life. Um, nor but do you I have wanna... been also, this is not the first time you're on record <laughs> talking about this. So aren't you, aren't you afraid of just even like, you know, the, the, uh, a certain government coming after you just for... for the, for being open about ha sitting with this kind of knowledge? Uh, I don't know. Maybe I should just put it on GitHub and just walk away from it and see if someone does something with it. Um, that's certainly been done before. I mean, that's mm. how BitTorrent now is completely unstoppable because they just made it open source so they that's couldn't stop it. That's kind of what I was referring to. Mm -hmm. um, and again, this podcast, there is a, it can get pretty good numbers, but it can be not released at any point. And uh, uh, hey, something fun, with this much money, we can go after everybody who listens to this podcast and make them disappear. <laughs> it's not going to be that hard. <laughs> um, but essentially, it comes down to a question of how do you want to spend your life? Yeah. And uh, do you want to be Don Quixote yeah. and, and go down fighting and you won't win? Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, that uh, metaphor was really not very good, by the way. Just moving on. No, but like, <laughs> it's it's in a, in a, not to make it uh, all sad and whatever. But this is something we have in common because the reason I have left my country over ten years ago is that I had exactly the same realization: mm. is that you can fight, but even if you win, you're gonna spend your entire life fighting, and maybe you win at the end. But what is it worth? Yeah, I mean, you, you look at, for example, the pro-democracy people in Russia and That's you, it. you just, they're going to rot, most of them will rot in the jail. Yeah. And maybe their children will experience democracy, but they certainly won't. And I, I, I both admire, but I also can't comprehend that. Same, same, exactly the same. And I, I think both having dabble, and I'm not equating myself to you in any way, form or shape. I'm just saying you, still have, made, you made an ethical choice and, and it was right. the one at, at your position. Uh, I mean, I... I had this weird ethical choice, which is, okay, I'm now a rich guy. Mm. Uh, what do I do with that? 
Mm. And um, and what I ended up doing was trying to change the music industry, and then the other one I did was trying to change uh, book publishing with a whole book swapping thing called Bookmooch, mm. and and I was hated for that too. When I went to book trade shows, the publishers wanted me dead because mm. I was helping books that had been read not be thrown away, mm. which prevented them from selling new books. Right, and so I was really hated, <laughs> uh, and that was no fun. And it turned out authors didn't like me either because they saw me as preventing new book sales or mm. like they only got paid for the first book sale. So they mm. didn't want people to read a book again, like, you know, to read someone else's book. Mm. No one wants, actually, everyone wants books uh, in the book publishing industry to be destroyed after they're read once. Including and the authors. Including the authors. Wouldn't you think then, since you're not part of that world, wouldn't you think that's a fair thing if the authors are the owners of these books that they can get to decide? I have a real problem with that. And that, that's why I got involved with Creative Commons. Uh, my feeling is once you create a piece of culture, it is part of the world. And you do deserve to make a living and maybe even get rich from it. Yeah. But you... you it, it, is, it is part of the world now. And you're going to have to release a little bit of control. Uh, I don't feel good about people who make something and then go super crazy control about it. I mean, it's, it's admirable just to take a random example how Star Wars and George Lucas has been really cool with people making fan films. Right. Whereas other yeah. IP holders Whenever don't. you touch the franchise, yeah, they, they, they come you. after you. Yeah. Um, and it hasn't exactly hurt Star Wars. Yeah. Um, fascinating. I, I don't... I hope... I'm, that's actually not true. I kind of hope one day this episode becomes like a good part of your story uh, because that also means that this was the start of something and it would be kind of cool. On the other hand, I do hope you stay safe. I genuinely worry for you sometimes. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I, right now what I've done is I, I, I switched to coffee because all I have is allies. Right, right. Um, you do have a lot of a lot of fans, to be honest. Yeah, like we you have, have fans, a lot of fans, yeah. and the people who don't like what we do, we're just puny. We don't, we don't matter. Whatever. Yeah, um, it's it's not it's not the uh, no one's actively trying to destroy no. us. It is not no. it is not war. So we're not gonna we're not made enemies, and that's a much better to, way to live your life. Um, so uh, so one of my heroes, Buckminster Fuller, um, had this advice, and I'm gonna close on this, yeah. which is if you want to change the world, don't attack it head on. Find a better way and people will follow you. Um, wise words. Thank you so much, John, for coming on. Um, safe flight. And I'll talk to you next year. Well, not next year. When you come back. <laughs> In two days on the phone. <laughs> Bye -bye. See, you, see you, John. <laughs>